Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Late Lunch on this last day of November. We're almost there. The Christmas season begins for us anyway. In earnest tomorrow at home because uh, we wait till December and it comes in and we have the tree down now and the decorations ready to go. And I know lots of people have them up already, but we like to stick with the December season. Get them up this weekend and leave them there till the 6th of January. Little Christmas Day. It's a good stretch. And then when they go, so the place is bare. Anyway, welcome to the show. Lots of great chat over the next couple of hours. And we're so excited today on Late Lunch because the first of the children's Christmas cards have arrived in the post today. Thank you so much. We'll tell you more about that in a while. And our kids' cards to Kelly this Christmas time. But first, it's sport today. The Gunners were great last night, weren't they? 6-0, they thrashed Lens and they're into the uh, knockout stages of the Champions League. Poor Man United, 3-1 up and were pegged back. And of course, we have big interest in this country in Glasgow Celtic. Unfortunately, the evening before, uh, Celtic's journey in Europe ended this year in Rome. And you do know, because I've mentioned them many times over the years, they're great people. Huge supporters club in the North East, St. Margaret's Celtic supporters club. And they had a contingent out at the game in Rome the other night. But it wasn't all plain sailing by any means. Adrian Hillman is on the line. Adrian, thanks for joining me. Afternoon, Jerry. How's things? Very good. Uh, very good. And thanks for taking our call today because we became aware of this when we saw the postings on social media. Look, out you go to Rome with thousands of other Celtic fans and you head for the stadium. I'm very familiar with it, the Olympic Stadium in Rome. You're playing Lazio. There's Roma and Lazio, two teams in the Roman capital, we want to say. You're playing Lazio. What happened when you arrived? Just take us from there up to the stadium to get to get into the game. How, 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 well, first of all, yeah. first of all, before you went, you had to send your passport to Celtic, of course, which you did at birth. Yeah, you email your phone number, all your details, and then send them on to Lazio. Lazio sent you an email for you to print off. Then you had to take the print off with you, your PDF with you, and your passport to the ground. Okay, but they wanted us up four hours before kickoff. Right, but that's look. That's a, a fair bit of requirement, uh, security-wise and identification-wise. Before, 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 before you even go to the game. So if you don't, uh, yeah. uh, if you don't comply with that, you're not getting into the match anyway, are you? Well, some of the emails didn't come in at two o'clock, so you couldn't go before four hours. So yes, we all got our emails in. Yep, we we were up at the ground two hours before kickoff. Okay, uh, we'd already travelled over from the club. Now we had a mixture in the club between school teachers. Servant guards, children, and older people in the club. So, yeah. just because people think it's it's forty hooligans heading up with the rest, load of hooligans just run yeah. the run the, the mill people. Yeah, get up to the first checkpoint, bust up a course with the, the the police and all that. Searched his passport, said that handy enough lads. Here we go. But as we're walking down, as you're familiar with it, when you're walking down the stadium, loads of Celtic fans are walking back, and I said, "What's the crack, lads? See the barcodes aren't working, and this and that. They're standing there two hours." So when we eventually got down there, the queues were miles long. There was only four turnstiles working. Mm-hmm. And some of the barcodes wouldn't scan. Someone had a different letter and a name. When they checked the passport to send them back, it just became very, very messy. So, like me, my passport is Jared Kelly, but I'm known as Jerry. If there was a little discrepancy like that, that caused a problem, did it? Sent back, yeah. And then held the queues up. It was actually half time before we get in, on the stroke of half time. So there were thousands of Celtic fans, including St. Margaret's members of all shapes and forms and backgrounds. All shapes, stuck, stuck outside people. and couldn't get into the ground. And it, it took you got in for the second half, did you? 
remember the second half and I said a couple of lads, Karen and Tommy and that, this is what we were going okay at the time. Of course, Lazio scored a couple of late goals and then a barrage of missiles, coins, beer, beer bottles, all on top of us, you know, flares. So I said, we better head off, you know. But when we went down the stairs to leave, we met by the police again and the army. That was it. We defended for an hour and 20 minutes for the letters out. I understand the, the not letting out, you know, because I've been there for a Roma, La- yeah, 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 a Roma Lazio yeah. game and we were in the same predicament. Funny enough, when you mentioned the passport, I, 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 you can't get in without the passport and all that being done, that's for sure. But at the end, we weren't let out either because there were just fears that, uh, you know, that uh, the supporters would cross over. I can understand that in a way, but I don't get being up there, some people four hours, others two hours ahead of the game and you can't get into the match. That's ridiculous, isn't it? Just too slow. Too many checks, passport, your barcode, your PDF, something wrong, back queue, more, queue after queue after queue. And then people getting agitated as well. And there's a lot of literally gentlemen there swearing up as well, so mm. very, very disappointing. Is this um, a one-off? Is, have you experienced anything like this before? Because you travel... Well, with... I know I know some of your listeners might laugh at this one, but I have, we have witnesses in Madrid last year, first checkpoint, shoes, and then your socks off. Put them back on, check your password in the next check, but shoes and socks off again. What, what's it's that about? We get, I don't know. It was just embarrassing. I actually said it to someone when I came home from Madrid the last year. They said, I don't believe this. I swear to God. Shoes and socks off. Two checks before you get into the ground. And that was Madrid, was it, last year? Madrid, yeah. So, the problems are a few weeks ago in Madrid as well. It just yeah. seems to be getting Italy, Spain... Portugal always seems to be the same, you know, heavy-handed and checks and points and everything, you know. Mm. Would it put you off going? Uh, there's certain cities, but it won't put me off travelling to Folly Celtic, no. But certain cities, especially, I won't I won't be going back to Rome. Mm. Definitely, it's not on my bucket list now. And we probably won't be getting any Christmas cards from Lazio fans as well. As you've seen the banner, the famine is over, go home, potato eaters. So I don't think we'll be getting many welcomes there again. Um... When you're in a crowd like that with your own supporters and, right, they did get two late goals. I was watching the game myself. Uh, you, you never see what you described there. That's a frightening situation to have flares and missiles and all that rained in on top of you, isn't it? Rained on top of us, yeah. <clears throat> it was nearly as bad as Galatasaray in the early 90s when we were over there. It was an absolute murder. Flares, coins, battery charges, everything was on top of us. Bottles of beer, the whole lot. It's, so it, it's, it's just not it's not us, but it's the, the few kids. There's a lot of kids over over the game, you know, and elderly people as well, you know. Mm. And and it is a frightening scenario, even if you're in the best of your health and able to to. Well, you shouldn't have to cope with this. Here, but here's the thing. I know St. Margaret's are well regarded, really well regarded by Celtic Football Club themselves. C- can they do anything, or have you done anything since to make representations about this? Well, Andrew Millen, the more 90 minutes than that, he's, uh, he does all our PRO stuff. He's sent the thing into Celtic. You know, John Paul Taylor, uh, a tweet in, but he's probably got a million tweets. Like it's, it was completely out of our hands as well. You know, if they'd done what they had to do, give us all the information, but I think it's actually out of Celtic's hands mm. in regards, you know, but just have to make it a bit easier because there's printed off tickets. You should have got a match ticket and just sailed in, you know, with your name on the ticket. Yeah. Um, I, I mentioned I was there for Lazio Roma and I'll never forget it I had Miriam with me she'd never been to a, a derby match never mind a Rome derby before and it was ferocious because they don't like one another at all and I'm sure the same scenario was going on round uh, the ground we were actually safe enough where we were on that on that occasion but um it's you know it's a football match you're going to support your team and, and I want to ask you this there were no Celtic fans out of line in the city beforehand or anything like that. There was no issues with Celtic fans, was there? No, an issue. Everyone met in their own little places, had a few beers. Actually, a few of them actually went down and done the Valley and a few trips around and met us later. Didn't see one bit of trouble anywhere. Not one bit of trouble. And then after the game, of course, we were all shuttle bus right back into the city, 3,000 of us, and just landed there. Good luck. It's over, you know. Mm. And and you know I I don't have to remind you of this, when you have three four thousand people unable to access the ground, having you know got up early in the morning, a lot some gone the day before, done everything they did and was days asked to work. do days off work and everything, and you can't get in to see the bloody match, and you're held out there 
the majority until half time. That builds up. You know, the frustration, you can understand then if fans are on edge and frustrated. That that could kick off something else. No, it didn't. It didn't on Tuesday night, but it could. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, 100% kick off. It actually got very, very touchy after the game because it was coming in an hour and 20 minutes, still holding people there. Mm. And there was no need for it, you know. Mm. Because we were on the other side of the stadium where all the buses are. All I had to do was put us in the buses and get us back into the city. Could have went the wrong way, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And like uh, you've been around Europe with Celtic and with Ireland over the years. When you mentioned yeah. uh, that's an infamous uh, night in Galatasaray uh, in Turkey, an infamous night. And you're actually comparing it to what you saw in 2023 in Rome. It wouldn't be up there, but it's it's only top ten at the minute. Uh, over in Istanbul, it's probably one of the most frightening places to go to a football match. Mm. It puts Celtic arranging the kindergarten bracket sort of. Yeah. But anyway, we move on, don't we? Yeah, all you can do is move on. But uh, I just wanted to have a wee chat with you today on the show about it because um, a lot of people were really upset and annoyed about this. And as you said, there were children there. There were people of an age there as well. And it just, it, it's just not on what happened. It really, really isn't. And you know as well, Jerry, I had your son-in-law, so I had to get him home safely. <laughs> 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 or, or your son would have killed me. <laughs> I understand that too. Well done, Adrian. You're 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 a you're a great minder. I have to say, you're a great minder. You really are. I'm a stepfather. <laughs> anyway, listen. Thank you for joining us. More happy trips to Celtic. Give no more this year, anyway, because Europe is over for another season. But anyway, you'll have to go and try and win that league in Scotland again. Get back to the Champions League next year and and give it another go. Thank you for it's joining me. That's all we do. Pleasure, That's it. Jerry. That's it. Thanks, thanks, Adrian. Take bye care. Bye bye. That's Adrian Hillman there. Uh, St. Margaret's Celtic Supporters Club who operate out of the league have a huge membership and follow the club uh, follow the club regularly of course to the home games in Scotland and away in Scotland and across Europe as well I tell you it is a frightening scenario it is um, we ever caught Louise we ever um, I suppose this is a stupid question to you we ever caught in a situation at, at a football match where there, were tr- there was trouble in your life ever no? no no you Thank weren't you. okay so I was oh really oh listen I've been caught in the past. I, I'll, I'll always remember, I thought actually I was going to die. Uh, I was much younger. Many years ago, Ireland played England in Lansdowne Road. Jerry Daly scored for Ireland. I'll never forget the day. And when we were leaving the ground, Louise, a crush developed, right? And I was swept up in it. You know when your feet mm-hmm. are taken off the ground and you just go, you're, dra- you're brought somewhere you don't really want to go by the volume of people. And the closing, I couldn't breathe. You know what I mean? And, and people were screaming around oh, me, God. screaming for air. Now, thank God we got out of it. I'll, I'll always remember that game. I, I, I remember, uh, closer to home, um, I remember being in Dalymount Park uh, for a cup semi-final between St. Pat's and Drogheda. And as Adrian said there, the rocks and bottles and everything raining mm. down on top of us. You Why know. do you still go to... Would you now go to a game and kind of be nervous if it was a big game like that? Now, I know Doherty and I should be fine. Yeah, well, was, well, thank God, there hasn't been a lot of trouble. More issues with flares and mm. exuberant supporters in recent times. Yeah, they have to keep an eye on a few clubs. But I, I remember I remember another day, Terry Venables, the former England yeah, manager. Yeah, died there recently, last few days. Yep. He played for St. Patrick's Athletic in the Lourdes Stadium in Drogheda. He played for Patsy right. I was at that match, a cup match. Drogheda won that match many moons ago. The trouble there was in the stadium that day with Pats and Drogheda fans charging each other. And you know what I mean? I mm. mean, like it was ferocious, Louise. It really was. So I've been. Seems at, to be an ongoing thing then. Yeah, well, no, thank God in it's many moons ago. Soccer. But I can under. I, what I'm trying to say is, I can empathise with the fear. Yeah. Those young. There were youngsters young there. There yeah. were older people there. And, you know. The, the, the not getting in and then the bottles, coins, rockets, flares raining into the Celtic fans. You know what I mean? At, that is a frightening, frightening scenario. And, you know, I don't know. With soccer, it's you never have... So is Lazio going to get any repercussions from it? I don't know. I don't know what they will. Of course, Celtic will complain on that. But I told you, I was at Roma Lazio in Rome. The, the derby mm. there between... Oh, my God. The racism, the vitriol. The the, tr- the the clashes outside the ground. It goes along with soccer. You don't have it in GA. No, I was going to say, you, you might get it. a few roars at the yeah, ref. You, you, don't, GA, have it, you don't have it in rugby. Yeah. 
but it's a soccer thing and, mm. and you know it's it's not a nice thing and that's why they brought seating in the Premier League in England why all the stadia are all seated now to try and you know cut down on people standing in terraces and that that they felt that went along with the trouble but uh, it's a frightening scenario when you when you're when you're in a situation like that, it really, really is, and it's not nice. It isn't, and uh, whatever happened, you heard Adrian there. They did all they were asked of them with their passports and ID yeah. and everything, and yet they still couldn't get in that stadium in Rome. You know that Olympic stadium in Rome? Mm-hmm. It's fallen down. It was built for the Olympics way back in the six. The stadium is not fit for purpose there anymore. It really is crumbling. I've been in it a couple of times, and the torrent sounds like one of the teams isn't fit for yeah, purpose. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, that's or true. The fans more so. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's the story from Rome the other night. A lot of local people out there at that match. Oh eight six eighteen hundred six five eight by WhatsApp or text if you want to get in touch with us on the show. Uh, back in a moment, and we'll update you. On cards it's a nice Kelly. story. A yeah, nice story, nice story, yeah. Come on, kids, let's all make Christmas cards and send them in to Jerry Kelly on the Late Lunch Show on LMFM Radio. Thank you, Ava and Louise. Are we not thrilled today? Delighted. Oh, yes. A load of envelopes. <laughs> yes, they were falling through the letterbox. Ah, oh, we're, we're, we're so grateful. Thank you so much indeed. And look at that on the envelope. I'll just read the first one I have here. This is the first one that came today. It says, Kids Cards for Kelly. Coined by, of course, our <laughs> Louise and uh, addressed to us here in LMFM. L- look at that card, Louise. It says on the front, ho, ho, ho. And it's a picture of a Christmas tree. I want to read this message. To Jerry and Louise, this card was made by John Kyo, age six, from Dulekin County, Mead. He normally makes them with Dulekin Boys National School. But John has cerebral palsy and was out sick this year when the boys made them in the school. So we made this one ourselves just for you. Have a lovely Christmas. Love, John Kyo. (laughs) Thanks, John. Oh, John, your card is absolutely lovely. Let me, let me, let me open some more here that have come this morning to us. And uh, we'll have to find your letter open. Oh, yes, you will indeed. Look at that one. There's a car oh, on the front of it. It says "Happy Christmas," and I see Santa and the reindeers up in the sky. And it says "Merry Christmas, Jerry, and everyone at LMFM." Safe driving home for <laughs> Christmas. That's why the car. From Helen, and that's from Helen O'Reilly. She's 13 years of age, and she says, I really need new shoes. <laughs> <laughs> don't all teenagers. Don't you all, don't you all. Let's have another one here. Let's see what uh, the Christmas cards that are coming in. Oh, my God, aren't they talented people? Look at that one there. Oh, wow. And that's Santa driving, I think. Um, I couldn't do that. Is it a tractor or something? Merry Christmas, let me see. Uh, Merry Christmas to Jerry and everybody at LMFM from Emily. That's Emily O'Reilly, she's 12 years of age. And another one here, let me see. Oh, this is just great. This is just great. You know, I'm like a child, aren't I? I'm like a child here. I love it. I love it. Look at that one. A fireplace, look. Um, With a Christmas tree beside it. Santa's there. Elf on the Shelf is on this one too. To all at LMFM, Happy New Year. My name is Kate. My age is nine. <laughs> Kate nine. Thanks, Kate you nine. Thank you so much for sending them to us. So look, here, here's the story. We're going to put them on display. We're going to put them out across social media. And really, mm-hmm. it's a showcase. Yeah, of the talent of all yes. kids around Leathermead yes, in the North East. In the North East. And, and, you know, I love, you know, uh, we love that the, fa- the fact that you love making things mm-hmm. and creating things as well. So the, it's a Christmas card showcase yep. here on LMFM Radio for all the children out there. And all you have to do is send them into us here. There's a post box outside. You can drop them into reception between 9 and 4, Monday to Friday. Or if you'd like to post them in, of course, post them to LMFM. We have three lovely prizes. Uh, but... It's not a competition. We want to say that, Louise. Not nope. a competition. Because all every, a big draw. every card that goes in, we're giving a number to each card that comes in, and we're just going to put them all in the hat Christmas week and draw them out. And at random, somebody will win a €250 Euro voucher for Shoe City and a €50 Euro toy store voucher. And we have two other €50 Euro toy store vouchers as well. So three will be drawn from all the cards we get in and we'll let you know who that is on Christmas week. Kids, cards for Kelly on late lunch this Christmas. Are there Christmas. phone numbers on them, no, that yes. we can contact? Oh, yes. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay, oh, the phone so we'll be contacting yeah. them Christmas week. Yeah, you've got to put your name, your age, where you're from, and a phone number on the card somewhere mm-hmm. so that we know who you are if you're drawn out at random for one of those lovely prizes. You're great. We do appreciate the cards. 
keep them rolling in to us and we'll keep you updated each day here on the show as we run into Christmas time and we're going to put them all over the hall we've a lovely display area here in LMFM mm-hmm. we're going to put them all up there so get cracking children get cracking mammies, daddies granddads, grannies teachers, carers get your children making the cards and get them into us here in LMFM Radio and brighten the uh, Christmas this year for us here and everybody else as well anyway going into three o'clock going into two o'clock up to two at late lunch it's Mariah It wouldn't be Christmas if we didn't have a chat on late lunch with legendary editor of the Phoenix magazine. They have their annual out. It's brilliant. Paddy Prendeville, welcome back to the show. <laughs> well, thank you very much. And, and <laughs> you're always so complimentary about us. It's lovely to hear. Um, most people, most, most national presenters hate us but there you go <laughs> well no way I love you and I love what you do and forever and ever may you keep doing it and I have to say through the year I've been following you as well and the annual is just superb and I want to say to people today if you want to give a gift to somebody a real good gift for the year ahead take out an annual p- subscription for the Phoenix and I guarantee you whoever you give it to will come back to you next year and say that was one of the best Christmas gifts I ever got and I'll say that on the public airways today Paddy for sure listen it's terrific your annual but you know something I was just thinking the speed of news and the way things overtake you because this is just out and there's a lot about Helen McEntee in it but by God there could have been another column or two I'm sure since oh god yes um, well in the current edition we have a couple of pieces on, on the, all of that and our take on it uh, is that it's not so much her job as Minister for Justice she has to worry about the real problem for Helen McEntee is that the great what I call the great leadership project mm. which is what herself and her team have been at for the last two years or more. The great project to succeed Leo Varadkar is, in my opinion, dead and buried. Mm. Um, that's the real damage done to her political career. Yeah. And I think Simon Harris at the moment has no rivals, no peers. Um, that may change if there's no leadership change in the next two or three years. But right now, He's, uh, he's top of the pile and unchallenged. Interesting. The other thing while you're on uh, politics, um, in affairs of the nation in the annual, there's a speculation about an early general election uh, in 2024. Really, Paddy? Well, that's a theory that is alive inside Fianna Fáil, uh, who, guessing or estimating what is in Leo Varadkar's mind believe and fear that he would go for an election before the locals, not before the local elections. The reason for that is that they believe that he believes Fine Gael are going to do badly in the local elections. And if they do very badly in the local elections, then Leo Varadkar could face a leadership challenge. That's the, um, that is the... That is the view or the theory or the fear that's alive and well at the top of, um, of Fianna Fáil. They also believe that, as you would know, um, the local election, the, the councillors elected in local elections, obviously, at the moment there's a lot more of them in Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael than was expected in 2019. This forthcoming local election is expected to seriously cull the number of local councillors there are. Now, they're the main voters in the Senate elections. So any fin- failed Fine Gael TDs would, uh, wouldn't fi- find such an easy ride to get into the Senate yes. if the general election was after the locals. So that's another factor. Uh, Fianna Fáil TDs also fear that scenario mm. as it happens. But that's, that's the scenario. It's a scenario we, we painted as being in the heads of Fianna Fáil and, and their prediction or their p- 
possible prediction yeah. rather than my own because um, I simply don't know to be honest yeah yeah well time is going to tell pretty quickly for sure as the year turns you know I always love the section bog cuttings and these are excerpts from the local newspapers that you've picked out I've got to read this one Paddy because sure. it, it, it refers to the North East here it's called Blarney Bedlam and it goes as follows a Meath man appeared before Cork District Court charged with public intoxication and engaging in threatening and abusive behaviour following an altercation with Gardy outside, would you believe it, Blarney Woollen Mills Hotel. Uh, you're familiar with this. And the Gardy received a call in the early hours from the hotel's porter complaining of a resident acting abusively and demanding alcohol. When they arrived, Gardy discovered James Gill of Kilrathmory, Clannard, Enfield, stumbling around the car park in an intoxicated state, and he ran behind several large bushes in an attempt to evade the Gardaí. When he was eventually located by the guards, Gill refused to provide his details, telling them to F off. When asked for his name, he replied, Wide and hairy. In court, Gill <laughs> contested the Gardaí's account of the evening, claiming it wasn't even something I would say. Sadly for the man from Meath, Judge Olin Kelleher found him guilty on both counts and fined him €450. Paddy, they're brilliant. And that's just, you know, one referring to... They're absolutely brilliant. Do you keep an eye on these? Who does? Who picks these up through the year? Well, we do. Yeah. Um, uh, Scrutinising local media and the court cases usually... um, when you get some pretty colourful accounts from either the guards or the defence or the prosecution, I suppose. Um, uh, and that's where they come from, you know. <laughs> they're brilliant. They're absolutely brilliant. And there's more in there to be enjoyed as well. Um, you know, uh, the, the President, uh, President Michael D, of course, he's, he features, of course, and he speaks, and he speaks, and he speaks, and he, they can't stop him speaking on anything and everything. Well, for years before he got there, and even before McAleese, President Mary McAleese got there, there was this presumption that constitutionally there was a bar on the president making such speeches and mm. statements, which turns out to be nonsense. I remember years ago we, we wrote that, that if you look at the constitution and, and, and as it affects the presidency, there is no bar on the president saying more or less, not, not anything he likes, but... Um, you know, just making speeches and and matters of opinion, there is no bar on him, and he can say, um, you know, if he's got an opinion, he can he can express it. Now, the 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 thing about it is that he's now uh, got two years more after twelve years being president, and I expect to see or hear more of him rather than less <laughs> in the next two years. He tries to pack in all the opinions he has. And, you know, the main thing that he's got going from isn't that there's no constitutional bar, but that I can't think of anything he's said that's been unpopular. Yes, that's so he, true. He know, he's shrewd enough. He knows what people are thinking. <laughs> he does. And he, he echoes it and amplifies it and expresses it. And people like that. Watch this space. Third time for Irish president. New, uh, new uh, legislation <laughs> comes in. No, no, yes. no. <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised to see a play for that. You mentioned Mary McAleese there. She features too in the annual this year. But you know, her, her spat with the Catholic Church, you know what I think of her? She's like Shanghai Shek on the shores of Taiwan, uh, talking across to China, who pay no attention uh, whatsoever. If you don't like the rules of the club, Paddy, clear off. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, which side you're on, Jerry. <laughs> From that remark. <laughs> but yeah, she 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 does seem to be fighting a losing battle at the moment. Yeah, sure, you never know. <laughs> you, never, you never know is right. Um, I love. Well, well, I go to another one here because I have to open it because I've been through it with a fine tooth comb. And um, the uh, idioms of 2023. When I get a page 84 here because I absolutely love these. Actually, I interviewed Ryan Tuberty myself last week you know he's joining us he's joining us here in our group of radio stations but one of your idioms you, right you heard it here first yeah. <laughs> yes an idiot's guide to the idioms of 2023 in phoenix annual this one i love it's called tubsidence or tubsidence if you like to say it's an unfortunate circumstances where the ground opens up cataclysmally and brings everyone and everything crashing into the abyss not to be confused with tublementary, meaning extra support beneath the surface. Yes, yes indeed, indeed. Very clever, Paddy. 
very well, thank well. you but I, I think you have uh, there's some other page you prefer even more each year um, <laughs> you have a sort of ghoulish uh, appreciation for the epitaph um, oh yes yes I have them look at here on page 82 I just turned back and it here as I have it oh yes the epitaphs are here and including this Silvio Berlusconi let me have to read this the former Italian president a taste for the gals and bunga bunga Silvio called it la dolce vita kept a grip on his Italian job and avoided the cells just like that mob. Good one. Yeah, it's a it's real a good one. Good one. Yeah. And of course, I see, sadly, Sinead O'Connor's in there. And today we hear the news of Shane McGowan and added along uh, with, of course, Christy Dignam. It's been a, a very sad year on the music front. Legends gone. Well, absolutely, especially Shane McGowan. I was born in England uh, and I've lived most of my life in Ireland, but I did spend years as a young adult in England. And uh, Shane McGowan was the champion of the Irish emigrants. He. He glories in and he was defiantly unashamed about his Irish background, even in circumstances when it wasn't that cool to be Irish at all yeah. in England in the, in the 70s and so on. He was a wonderful man uh, and he was a musical genius. He mm. was just an amazing person. And it is sad, very, very sad. It is sad today. Uh, the other one, to just hop- hopping back a little bit, uh, is Goldhawk's Passing Parade Awards and three that jumped at me. Now, they're not dead, these people, let me say, but they have uh, slipped from view. D Forbes at RTE, Paddy Cosgrave, what was he at with the Web Summit? And poor Vera Pau, she, she got a bum deal, didn't she? Well, she got a tough deal, that's yeah. for sure. It depends who you talk to. Um, some of the players didn't seem... She seemed to have lost the dressing room, to overuse the cliché, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, uh, which I think was her real downfall. Um, and um, But uh, there you go. There's one on Hutch as well, with one bound, our hero was free. Um, yes. That was, that was interesting. Mm. That was... Um, widely expected actually um, yeah. although he didn't seem to expect it mm. but the word was that the case against him was so poor mm. that if he did get convicted he'd get out on appeal yeah. that was down in the forecourts and mm. uh, places that that was a read I was getting yeah yeah but the year like I always say this to you uh, you've been there so many years yourself and produced these annuals and working at it week in week out brilliantly um, was it a more lively year than most, or how would you rate 2023 overall, uh, from an Irish perspective? Uh, I, th- I think the funny thing uh, about the liveliness, as you put it, uh, is that the biggest story of the year seemed to have been about, you know, extra payments inside RTE, mm. rather than some cabinet split or, you know, threat yeah. of uh, election. And personally, I, I, I thought it was slightly overblown at first. Um then it got worse and worse and you know more stuff came tumbling out about all the sweet deals behind the scenes between advertisers and programmers or uh, and so on and then in the latter part of the year it got very very heavy but but it was they were foreign stories they weren't irish ones like you know mm. um well the ukraine started in 22 not 23 then there was a horrific stuff going on israeli yes. slaughter in gaza mm. uh, uh, and and so on and so mainly um, it, it was very lively, but but the really big lively stuff, awful stuff, was foreign stories. Mm. I mean, between Hamas and 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 Israel and and so on. Yes. So um, you know that's that's the way I see it. Well, not then I suppose. Everybody waiting for a change of government, which may or may not come, you know. Yeah, 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 of course. And the front cover has uh, King Charles there, Enoch Burke, don't come to school. The cover alone, it's worth buying this for the cover alone, I have to say, (laughs) when you see the caricatures are. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Brilliant, Paddy. You're, you have that to a T. Well, that's it. Well, as, a, as a very good cartoonist is doing that. Um, and uh, he, he actually, the Prince Charles one is quite funny because he's, he's ticking off Leo... Mm. And his um, his partner, uh, Matt, and says, uh, "Do you mind? We're having a coronation." This this was, this reflected the the tweets that Matt was sending out during the coronation. God help us! Yes, I think yes. off with his head. I would have thought a few years ago. <laughs> and when just we thought we were going to be world champions in rugby, well, other people had yeah. a say there for sure. But you cover off sport, business, the crack in it, art features, you name it. Listen, folks. You've got to get the Phoenix Annual 2023. It's out there now. And as I said, a subscription to the magazine during the year would be a wonderful, wonderful gift for somebody. Paddy, until the next time, we're not going to leave until Christmas next year. We're going to have a chat more often. I promise you. I love Anytime talking to you. Anytime you like. Anytime you like. Give me a shout. Great Paddy, to talk to you, Jerry. Happy Christmas to everybody at Phoenix. Thank you so much for doing what you do. Thanks. Take Thanks care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Paddy Prendival there. Legendary editor of the Phoenix magazine. I love it. Everyone dancing merrily in the new old-fashioned way. Sixty-five years ago, 1958, that song was released, and it is timeless. Brenda Lee. We have a different lyric for one of those lines there. Yeah, we do. Stuff the turkeys with holly. I can't say the other word. It's a little bit rude. But anyway, that's what we sing to it when it's on at times. Anyway, it's a great song, isn't it? And we're playing Christmas songs right across LMFM from now right into the 24th of December, Christmas Eve. And with Christmas in mind, may I remind you that Dundalk Simon Community are organising a sleep out this Friday, the 1st of December, from 8 o'clock in the evening till 8 a.m. the next morning at Market Square, Dundalk. It's going to be cold. It really is. But they have warm hearts in the Simon community and all the volunteers who will go out there tomorrow. Please do support them. Support Simon community. Support those people who are out in the cold tomorrow night. They really do deserve it. Well done to Mary Byrne from Navin, who's the second entrant in the Navin Town Centre Christmas Spin and Win competition taking place, which will take place live on LMFM on the 23rd of December. Remember, every time you spend €50 Euro across any of the shops in Navin Town Centre, you have the opportunity to enter their Spin and Win draw. Just pop your entry form into the draw drum located in Navin Town Centre and stay tuned to LMFM to find out if you're the lucky winner. Thanks for the good wishes for St Peter's Male Voice Choir and Edward Holly tomorrow night. The big Christmas concert is happening in St Peter's Church in the heart of Drogheda. And the big star, yes, is Celine Byrne, soprano Celine Byrne, tomorrow night in town with the boys from the choir. I think it's sold out at this stage. Uh, always very, very popular indeed, and I'm looking forward to it myself. Ah, uh, cheers for the memory, Jerry. My dear mother hen used to always sing that line, stuff the turkeys, you know what, with Holly every year, and I can still hear her laugh so much. <laughs> I laugh every time myself, to be honest with you. Thanks for your message to the show this afternoon. 86 658 by WhatsApp or text if you want to get in touch with us on Late Lunch this afternoon. We'll be talking about Shane McGowan, the late Shane McGowan. If you haven't heard, he's passed away today in a wee while here on Late Lunch. But before all that, Christmas is almost upon us. Really, the run in from tomorrow for sure. And, you know, a lot of people dread the chaos around the home. So we're going to talk for the next while about getting your house sorted for Christmas with one half of a deadly duo. You see, they're professional organisers and their business is called Assorted Affair. Kim Fitzgerald is with me. Afternoon, Kim. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks for joining us on the show. I love this idea of a Christmas toolbox. Tell our listeners I'm, what this is. It's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so the, the Christmas toolbox is 
there's this time of year you need unusual things to hand <laughs> okay mm. so you tend to need if santa's bringing lots of toys that need batteries you might need those teeny tiny screwdrivers that you probably got in the christmas cracker last year yes. you'll need batteries you'll need emergency cards for that last minute visitor that you didn't buy a christmas card for you might need a very large bottle of wine in there for when it's all over <laughs> to treat yourself everyone's everyone's christmas toolbox i suppose is unique you know yes. uh, what would what's in yours what would be in yours Jerry? no I, I we have what we call i suppose it's not a bo- a toolbox but we have a drawer you know that drawer in exactly. the kitchen where yeah. what you yeah. mentioned here and in fact my wife was just saying to me this morning let's check out first of all that we have the batteries any other yeah. stuff that we need those screwdrivers you mentioned there for sure and you know the other thing and, and I see you talk about it as well that Wi-Fi code is important Wi-Fi that, code isn't it a hundred percent especially if you're a techie house and there's there's lots of techie things coming in the door everything needs to be connected to the Wi-Fi and all that and it's, it's usually a complicated code and it's usually stuck somewhere awkward in the house so it's really handy to have that down on paper Great. So be it your that main drawer in your kitchen or whatever, or if you de- designate, uh, as uh, Kim is saying there, a designated toolbox as such, get the all that toolbox. stuff. It's yeah. kind of just a nickname, yeah. I suppose. Yes. It's yes. just pulling together those things. Correct. You know, those, find those pain points on Christmas morning yeah. or Christmas day. What do you always go, oh God, where did I put that? Where did I put this? Yes. You know, and just keep them in a, in a spot altogether. And if you're lucky enough, you could create a press. It's a great time of year to kind of start to use up things and, and make sure that the, the, the kitchen isn't over cluttered. Because yes. we do tend to do maybe an extra large shop for Christmas, yes. depending whether you're the host or not. So it's good to kind of have all those rare bits that you wouldn't normally have in your house, kind of just in a, in one section. So it's good to make a bit of space. Yes, so a Christmas press, a press designated for all the stuff like the napkins. I know these as well. People buy special ones at Christmas time. Oh, of course. And sure, do you remember, the? you know, well, I remember my mum had the Christmas press and it had like the tins of sweets and, you know, probably the fizzy drinks and God yes. forbid if you put your hand on them before it was Christmas, <laughs> you'd be in big trouble. You would, I'm going to let you in a little secret. Our Louise, who you were talking to a moment ago there, she has a Christmas press. Will I tell you where it is? Where? The boot of our car. Boot of the car. That's, that's a classic. I never heard anybody who had. Come on, come on, tell, tell, tell uh, Kim here. It, I, I'm not telling a word of a lie there, am I? It's the only place I can keep it really safe for my kids. <laughs> yeah, but I know they idea. can't get at them. And that I bring the keys every you, evening you and I the hide them. There. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, say that again to us. No, no, go Kim, ahead. Kim, sorry. say that again. I said, I, I think it's a great idea. I think she might have hit the jackpot there. Yes. <laughs> I, might take, I might take that piece of information myself because we had two <laughs> last week and we're down to one already. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I tell you, Errol Louise is thinking outside the box. She knows I what the story you. is. I just, hope our, organized one. I, I just hope the kids don't figure it out. I hope they're not listening now and uh, that the car remains <laughs> safe and sound. They can't because I hide the keys <laughs> I hide the keys every time so there they can't get in. Oh, I know. That's genius. That's genius. It is That's genius. Anyway, <laughs> yes, there's a little tip for yourselves from our, ourselves here. Talk to me about the fridge freezer, please. Yeah, so the like again, it's the same thing. It's just, you know, like we do an extra large shop at this time of year. We're going to have bigger items in there that you wouldn't normally have. So it's good, kind of on the run up to run up to those before you do the big shop to kind of think about what's in there, what can I use up. So try to be clever with your meals and use the things that are kind of maybe half empty like jars and bits and bobs Mm. like that so try to be thinking well in advance and not kind of continuing your normal shop and and bulking up the fridge because it's a a terrible time as well for for food waste yes Um, and we all do it you know we all buy too much when we're there so you know it seems really silly but make sure you start a list you know like santa does check it twice you know, and make sure you're only buying what you need. So yes. if you have a list with you, you stick to the list. Whereas if you go shopping, you haven't done a list and you're just trying to visualise what's there mm. already, nine times out of ten, you're going to end up duplicate. Yes. And we had a home before where we did a pantry and she had 22 bottles of soy sauce. <laughs> I, tell, <laughs> I tell the truth, 22 bottles because... The staple in the house, which is fine. So it's a kind of it became an automatic thing. Every time she nearly did the shop, she just picked it up because she couldn't visualise it yeah. in the press. Mm. You know, and when we put when we when we found them throughout the house, we ended up with twenty two. Oh my, my. So don't don't end up with no. you know 
no. 22, I don't know, yes. sauces or whatever it is that you need. <laughs> yeah, no, good advice there. And look, and make the list, check the freezer, check the fridge and, and know what exactly. you have. The other thing... And try and use what you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the thing. I, I find that as well. And I went through presses last week and we will again. And it's amazing the amount of stuff you push to the back and then it goes out of date. And, and then it goes out of date yeah. and you're just throwing it in a bin, yeah. in the bin yeah. like, you know. So it's, just try to be a bit more conscious, definitely. Mm. Um, because it's, you know, it's an expensive time of year as it is. So make sure we're not throwing any of that in the bin. Absolutely. Now, you're a big fan of uh, getting ready early. In other words, buy your fresh veg, peel, prepare, freeze, make your stuff and things like that in advance, well yeah, in advance. Yeah, I do. I love that. We have a beautiful... I'm very lucky. I'm in um, Ashburn here in County Mead and we've got a beautiful farm up the road from us. And that's where I'll go now and get all my fresh vegetables. And I'll try and do it um, well in advance, beat the rush. And just prep it and freeze it if I need to, if, if you know, if I've only got this lot of time. People have this thing of, you know, oh, I have to wait and do the shop just before Christmas. But think outside the box. Look at your local farmer's market. Like, you know, get the, get the really yep. fresh stuff. The really fresh stuff will also last much longer. You know, it's not coming in plastic bags. Mm. You know, it's, it's, you know, it really will stand the test of time. But yeah, if you, and if you are under pressure, because we're always under pressure this time of year, there's, 50 million things to do and concerts to see and all that kind of stuff so don't be afraid to kind of really give yourself a head start those few weeks in advance and you'll thank your future self on Christmas day when you're Yes, with the glass of babies in hand, knowing that everything's done. <laughs> <laughs> Relaxing for a change instead of being under pressure. What about That's Christmas it. clothes? Because here's another area of getting things, getting the outfits together. Are you one for well pre-planning that too? Um, yeah, so what I would say to people is um, to try and shop in their wardrobe first. So we have the, another kind of preconception is, oh, you need the new Christmas clothes and you need the new this. You don't really, <laughs> you know, you could technically stay in your pajamas all day if you wanted to. <laughs> um, so maybe treat yourself to a pair of pajamas. But even even on the pajama front, you know, maybe don't get a, a Christmas Christmas pair of pajamas. You know, make sure they don't they're not covered in fancy so you so you can get more use out of them. And um, Christmas pajamas, especially for children as well, they're only going to get a couple of weeks out of them, and then you're gone, or else you'll be into the summer wearing your Christmas pajamas. But if you can try and, again, same thing, think of those pain points, especially if you're up and out of the house early on Christmas morning. Some people, you know, have lots of things to do on Christmas Day. So get everything onto the one hanger for you and for the kids. Um, literally everything down to the earrings and the tights and sit the boots underneath so that everyone knows that they have everything and you're not frantically running the house, running around the house looking for a black pair of tights or, you know, the other white sock or whatever it may be that you need. So, again, it's always trying to think about those those points in time that stress you out or, or, or cause you overwhelm and try and trying to say, right, how could I help myself? How can I make it run smoother? Great advice there. I'm intrigued by something that you guys have mentioned. Please explain this to me. You suggest wrapping presents on your ironing board. Why? <laughs> this has become such a topic over the last few weeks. It's so funny. Um, so myself and Lynn would both suffer with bad backs, needless to say, all, this, all the bending and stretching we do when we're working in people's homes. Um, and we were unfortunate enough to have an accident last year. So what we do is you we wrap our presents on the uh, ironing board. So you stand up and do it because it saves you. There's no comfortable position. I, I challenge anyone to give me one. There's no comfortable position, whether it be sitting on the floor or sitting on the couch, that what, when you stand up, your back doesn't hurt. So do, the, do it on the, on the ironing board and take my word for it. It's mind-blowing. <laughs> you can stand in front of the telly and you can still move easily because normally you end up in an awkward position on the floor and when we get up, you just hear cracks and creaks. So um, give it a go and let me know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I, it jumped out of me when, when I saw that. What about empty Pringles tubs? I know once you pop, you can't stop. What's, That's it. <laughs> what's the benefit of the tub? So trying to think of another use for them, you know, so if you have like Christmas lights that get tangled every year, you don't need expensive, fancy, uh, you know, Christmas tree light organisers. Go old school, wrap the lights around the Pringle tub and then pop the plug into the centre of the tub and there you go. Next year you'll thank yourself. But yeah, so it's all about kind of, you know, trying to look at stuff that, you know, gets emptied and and can we reuse it? Can we Mm. put it to use in another way and give it another 
another uh, yes. purpose in life. I really like that. I'm going to do that this year. Look, have to leave it there for today. I want to say, listeners, check these wonderful women out. <laughs> www.assortedaffair, assortedaffair.ie. Loads of hints and tips there. And your Christmas will be a breeze. Lovely to talk to you, Kim. You too. Happy Christmas. Many happy returns. Take care of yourself. That's Kim Fitzgerald there from Assorted Affair. Late Lunch, LMFM Radio. Up next, we're going to have a chat about the late, great Shane McGowan. Paddy Prendeville, who was with us uh, earlier on in the show, legendary editor of the Phoenix Annual, mentioned that, uh, you know, Shane McGowan, who passed away earlier today, was such an icon for Irish immigrants in the UK. uh, And he said he was unbelievable. Well, we're going to talk to someone now who knew him well and I'm sure is very sad today to hear of his passing. He's a wonderful rock and roller himself. Paddy Goodwin, welcome back to the show. How are we doing, Jerry? Very good, Paddy. Well, what about Shane McGowan? Context him for listeners, would you please? Well, I put up something on the, on Facebook there a while ago saying that he was, he was really the, the voice of the di- diaspora. He was the person who, who talked for all and sung for and expressed the hopes and dreams of everybody that went on an immigrant boat or an immigrant plane. He was just brilliant. You knew him, and you you were in his company on a number of occasions. Yeah, well, I, I funny, I I was trying to figure out my history with the folks, Jerry, and when they brought their first album out, I actually used to review albums for Unpublished, mm. and I did a review of Red Roses from for me in uh, sometime in nineteen eighty four, uh, that which was the first album, and I actually tried to get them to play for me in Trinity. I was running the gigs from 1983, 84, around that time. I tried to get them to, to do a gig with me, but they they, uh, they couldn't do it. So I got the Smiths instead. Back back then, it was some some crack. Yeah. But I saw them first in the SFX. They played in the SFX in 19, in September '85, and they were just it was just a riot. But I, they also played in the in the Ferrier's Hotel in Dundalk, and I think it was the first of January 1986 they played there. Mm. And I, I, would you would you remember Frog and Jaffa? Old, yes, of the, course. The, yes, uh, Jaffa Conahan oh, and uh, yeah. Frog. Of course, Frog, yes. Oh, I was at I was at that gig with Frog, Frog and, and, and Jaffa, and and uh, Jesus, that's uh, that seems like a, a lifetime ago now, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I used to go to a pub in 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 London, Jerry, called Silky McNasty's. I think I've often told you about it. It was a place in, in Islington, owned by a friend of mine, Jerry O'Barn. And he was kind of, at the time, um, he was Shane's manager, effectively, or manager or helper. And they, every time he went to Silky's, Shane was there. So I knew him from that. And I used to go over there quite regularly because another friend of mine, Bat Kennedy, who unfortunately died a number of years ago as well, he mm. used to play on Sunday afternoons there and I would go over to, to listen to Bat. But I knew Shane from then and um, he was a big fan of Pat McCabe, a huge fan of Pat McCabe. And he was, uh, he was a very, very smart fella. He was uh, uh, very interested in literature, very interested in poetry. And once you got through the kind of... Uh, which was kind of his defence mechanism. He would he would talk to people, but when he didn't want to talk to people, he'd go ksh, 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 and make no sense. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. once you got through the we got through the defence mechanism, he was a very very sensitive soul there and a very very smart fellow. He was mm. he was great. But I remember myself and Pat Jerry O'Byrne then uh, now runs a, a pub called the Boogaloo, which is in Highgate in London. And myself and Pat did a gig there for me. He was doing a charity gig. And um, we were doing a few numbers, and Shane came up to do a few numbers at the band, uh, roughly, roughly half nine. And uh, he, he came up, and he was stumbling around the place and couldn't remember the words of anything. And he was absolutely dire, dreadful. He just absolutely falling now, really, really bad. Mm. Um, but then he he got sufficient drink in him and came back up about 12 o'clock and played with the band and he was like a rock and roll king. He was unbelievable. He he had to, clearly had to have a certain level of, of alcohol in his system to be able to function properly. Yes. And on this particular gig, I'll never forget it, he, he came back up and myself and Pat were saying, oh no, what's he going to do now? <laughs> he came up and he did a version of Cupid by Sam Cook, Sam Cook, 
which is one of the best things I've ever heard in my life. Just mm. incredible. incredible. Really I'm looking at a picture of you here uh, playing with Shane McGowan uh, at the Olympia Theatre in Dublin back in 2013. And as you said yeah. there, he has a, a tumbler in his hand as he's singing and uh, yeah. you're on stage there with him. So that was a feature of him. You know, we always got the impression, Paddy, that the man never looked after himself. Well, he he was lucky enough in that he he had people to look after him after him after him because he couldn't look after himself effectively. Right. Mm. You know, one of the one of the, the famous nights that I had with him in in London, um, I had an I had a horse lips t shirt on me, and uh, strange enough, I'm curious to relate, Jerry, me and him were the last people in the bar. Right. <laughs> at, uh, at the end of the night, I was saying uh, he, he was saying, "Oh, you would give me your T-shirt," and I literally took the t- took the shirt off me back and gave it to Shane McGovern because he was a big Orson's fan as well. Oh, what a story! <laughs> I'd forgotten is... about that. I, pres- I, I presume he swapped and you had something to to. to... No, no, I just gave him the bloody T-shirt. <laughs> Jacket on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Oh my! Memories, memories. But look at you can never, you know, for you know his image, and as you said there, he shut people down if he didn't want to talk to them, and people at times perhaps didn't know what, what to make of him. But look, through his song and his music and his writing, by God, did he touch and reach people. Paddy, I'm just looking at something here. Did he write a pair of brown eyes? That song. Pair of Brown Eyes. Well, for me, his his two greatest songs are Pair of Brown Eyes and Rainy Night and So Home. Yeah. Um, everybody raves about about the Christmas song, but for me, it's it's too cliche. Well, it's not that it's too cliche. If you, you but I, I just I'm sick of, and I I heard this on, uh, earlier on on RTE. Now now it's Saint Shane Shane McGowan, and they're playing nothing but Shane McGowan, yeah. and they wouldn't play him from one end of the year to the other. They no. wouldn't play they wouldn't play a Pair of Brown Eyes on the radio. They, yes. The, the fairy tale in New York when it comes to December, but it's the same. It was the same thing with Sinead and the same thing with Christie. I mean, he's, you know, Saint Christie Dignam and Saint Sinead O'Connor, and they wouldn't be played on the radio from one end of the year mm. to the other, you know. Mm. But with with him, I mean, some of the the early albums are fantastic. A rainy night and so forth. I mean, Bob Dylan couldn't write better songs than A Pair of Brown Eyes and Rainy Night and so on. No, I mean, they're that good. They're, they're really up there in the pantheon. And if I could just mention, there's a friend, a friend of mine from Nubilis, I'm hoping he's listening, I mean, um, um, Gregory McKenna, he's a huge Shane McGowan fan. He, he would, I just want to reach yeah. out to him today because I'm sure he's, he's very upset about Shane's passing. And it's funny, uh, I, I was thinking of other things to say to you, Jerry. And uh, the last time I would have seen him, I think, would have been at the Flat Lake Festival in Clonus. And somewhere, somebody has a photograph of me and Shane McGowan on a Fordson major tractor. <laughs> I'd love to get me that. <laughs> well, look, uh, if, if, if that rings a bell with anyone today, Paddy Gooden wants it. Let's hear that song now, Paddy, because we have it lined up. It's Rainy Night in Soho. Paddy, thank you so much for those lovely words. Thanks a minute, I've been loving you a long time Down all the years, down all the days And I've cried for all your troubles Smile at your funny little ways We watched our friends grow up together And we saw them as they fell Some of them fell into heaven Some of them fell into hell I took shelter from a shower And I stepped in your arms on a rainy night in Soho the wind was whistling all its charm 
Let's roll this for you now on Late Lunch. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... The number two from this very week in 1977. And really, this song needs oh no introduction. Wherever the sporting success, this is played. And the members of Queen are rolling in it because they get a little, uh, don't they get a little kickback every time it's played? They certainly do. Anyway, the song of winners. Here it is. Queen, number two, this week, 1977. We are the champions. I paid my dues Time after time I've done my sentence But committed no crime and bad mistakes I've made a few I've had my shelf and kicked in my bed But I can't through the go on, 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 on. Yes, Queen and we are the champions The uh, number two from this week in 1977, a little bit of time ago, but what a popular song that has remained in all the intervening years. Never made it to number one in the UK, just number two, but dropped short of the top spot. We'll get to play it again some Tuesday on the show. Final break of the afternoon on the way and afterwards. Did you know that there's an equine census happening tonight? I'm not joking. Stay with us. If you own a horse, a pony, a donkey, a mule or a zebra, you've got to fill in the forms this evening because, you see, Ireland's third annual equine census is happening. I'm delighted to say hello today to a woman I th- take it will be busy tonight, Joy Murray from Clonalvy Stables in Ardcat. Hi, Joy. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Well, are you ready to fill in the forms? Oh, pen at the ready. <laughs> How many equines have you, please? Well, we're not too bad. We we have eight. Okay. So we have um, five therapy ponies for therapeutic riding. And then um, I have a horse. My husband has a horse and one of my sons has a pony. So eight in total. There you go. Is there much to be filled in? Is it a complicated form? No. And, you know, sometimes forms can be very complicated. But, um, no, it's just two pages. And you literally just write down the number of equines you have and... You write out their passport numbers and that's it, really. That's it. So they they have passports? Yes. All all horses, ponies have passports. So they have their own unique number, identification number. Yeah. Interesting. Do you see the the benefit of the point of this, being an owner? Being an owner? Yeah, well, yeah. It does say that it's to do with... um, tracing, you know, stolen animals, which is good, or lost animals. So in that sense, yes, it's very good. Mm. Um, Your own business there uh, is flying along, I know, at Clanalby Stables. Flying along. Yeah, you're a relatively young business as well. Tell us what you do. We do therapeutic riding. So we have children coming to us from the age of, say, 3 to 11 uh, with additional needs, okay, and a broad spectrum of additional needs. Mm. And yeah. obviously, uh, the connection that's made with the child and the animal itself—you can see that. You understand what it is. It's special. It's very special, and it is quite obvious. And people don't realise it until they see it. It's it's. Um, will I talk you through the neuroscience perspective, yes. perspective on how it works? Yeah. So basically. With um, children with additional needs, a lot of them would have high cortisol levels, so a lot of them would be in what we would say fight-or-flight mode. Mm. And when they ride, it decreases the cortisol and increases the oxytocin, which is the happy hormone. Yes. And that is produced through the movement of the hips. So when you're riding the horse, obviously your hips are moving, Mm. and the rock motion of the horse, helps with the balance of the child, the coordination, learning and emotional regulation. So it's quite powerful. Terrific, terrific. And they're very sentient creatures, aren't they, horses? They really are. Extremely, 
Yeah, mm. I think they know. Yes. They know when they have a child with additional needs. They they just they go into calm mode. You know. Yeah. Um. I suppose a, a, a horse, a horse has acceptance. Like it doesn't matter what problems you have or what you look like or if you're rich or poor. The horse just takes you for what you are. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. And it's all about seeing their abilities rather than their disabilities. Seeing the person and and not the problem. Oh, yeah. lovely, lovely. And well yeah. said, may I say. And uh, you're going great guns there. I know that. I know people love you and we've heard the feedback as well. <laughs> and uh, continued success. Anyway, you've got to go and fill out the paperwork now. I'll I be, do. I'll, be I'll ba- feed all the horses. <laughs> I'll feed them as well. We'll be back to you. I promise, Joy. Thank you for taking Thank the you. call. Take care Thank of yourself. You. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Isn't she lovely? Joy Murray there from Tenalby Stables. And all horse owners and equine owners have to fill in those forms tonight. That's almost it on late lunch for another day thank you for being with us through the afternoon really do appreciate it Paul McKenna's on his way next with the drive on LMFM radio but by popular request we mentioned him a number of times Shane McGowan has passed away today and this song is so oh so special and we're going to finish out today with it yes it's Shane McGowan and a pair of brown eyes we'll see you tomorrow Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.